And, and I, I, can, I could not at the time, and I cannot now answer all the questions of why. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. Yeah. What I know is I know that God is good. I know his character is good. Mm-hmm. I know that he wants the best for me and my family. I know he wants the best for his church. Mm-hmm. Oh, are we going? Oh, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Kettering Connect. This is my dear friend, brother from another mother, Pastor Jason Calvert on the far right for me. Absolutely. And as always, Pastor Patty McCoy, the young adult pastor here at the Kettering Adventist Church for one more day. Well, so sad. Physically, one more day, virtually forever. Mm, <laughs> that's a little it's creepy. A, a We're little moving creepy. on from yeah. that. But anyway, yeah, cuz you're you're on, you're just on. Once you put something on YouTube, did you know that the internet is like permanent? No. Hmm? No, I did not. Apparently. Anyway, as we screw around, but today this is actually a first for Kevin Connect is having three people uh joining us. I don't know us. if you noticed somebody sitting in between Jason yeah, and I. Yeah, someone who's way better it's, looking. It's twofold. It actually is there both uh he's there because of his position and the new opportunity he has for ministry. We're going to explain in a second. Yes. But also because Jason and I fight a lot. So this gives us I can't right. really reach across the table. And he yeah. has hair. Which yeah, is just that does balance elevates it out. this entire experience. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys got to that because I was going to get to that yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. okay, you good. Well, beat way. you to it. All right, now, we should tell you the people at the Kettering Adventist Church actually like bald better. Right? They do, yeah. right. I mean, so we have razors. We can, yeah, we can yeah, take, yeah, care, we'll of take care of it. I'll get you some glasses. <laughs> You'll fit right in. It's all good. But in yeah. case you didn't know, this is now Elder Bob Cundiff, the new president of the Ohio Conference. And he's here joining us. He's going to be preaching and speaking this Sabbath. And so he's here to join us uh, for Kettering Connect. And we're super pumped about that. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I've been made to feel very welcome. Good. Yeah, Good. we're excited that, uh, I mean, and, and of course I know a little bit about this as well, but uh, how, in a, in a couple sentences, how is moving during COVID? Um, I have been reprimanded a lot by a lot of people that all think this is mostly a pretty bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on, on, the, on the positive side, the roads were pretty clear when I drove over. Right. Yeah. See, there's good things. So good. So um, as, as we, we, we wanted to spend a, uh, some time getting to know you, and then we'll talk what we typically do at these. You know, we talk about the sermons coming up and just kind of try to get people into it before Sabbath comes so that when Sabbath comes, we're just kind of, oh yeah, we talked about this and we've already kind of been thinking about it. Um, so initially, um, everybody has a story. Mm. Uh, so in a couple of minutes, tell us uh, a bit about yours. A couple of minutes. I have figured out how to bring my testimony down to a single sentence. Oh, so mm. I'll give you the single sentence, okay. but then I'll expand it a little okay. bit because it kind of begs a question. It, Jesus said that that those who have been forgiven much love much. Mm. I love Jesus a lot. Yeah. Mm. So that kind of suggests that there's a story back there, and there is a story back there. I was raised not too terribly far from where we sit right now. I was raised in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So what, a little less than three hours to the southwest of us. I was raised in a difficult home setting that was low socioeconomic with a lot of alcoholism and all the stuff that goes along with that. The Adventism came through my mother's side. Um, and they're sort of the West Coast people where I was born. Uh, we moved east when I was six and over to my dad's side, which was the atheism, alcohol, abuse side, blah, blah, blah. Were they, was your dad's family kind of from that area? They are. Okay, yeah. okay. In fact, you go to Louisville today and we have a couple of pages in the phone book. Oh, okay. Kind of wow. clanny, hmm. kind of clannish. Yeah. People don't really leave. Yeah. Um, so I was raised in a home with an Adventist mother and an atheist father, and, and it was kind of a, a chaotic environment. So I think of myself as a brand that was plucked from the fire. I was raised around church when the church was open, 
Mom's the head deaconess, and she drug us to church. When the doors were open, we were there. But when I was at home and when I was with Dad and when I was with a family, it was definitely a different environment, kind of being raised in that duality. Um, an evangelist came through when I was 17 years old. Mm. And I'm sitting in church. Do you know his name or her name? Lynn Powell. Mm, okay. His wife okay. was Sandy. Wonderful, wonderful dear yeah, friends. Yeah. And I'm sitting in, in um, church on a Friday night, and all the monsters are up on the, the multimedia presentation. Mm, of course. Yep. Clickers. Yes. Yeah, four screens with four projectors and clickers, right? Now, did, were there slides? Like, oh, like yeah. the rotating the slides, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? and, I love how everyone makes that noise. It. It's <laughs> like a, yeah. That was anyway. it. Yeah. And I'm 17 years old. You know, uh, I'm wearing blue jeans. I'm wearing a rock and roll T-shirt. I've got long hair. I'm doing everything I can do to say, I'm not like you people. I don't want to be here. My mom drug me here. And next year I'm 18. I'm never coming back. Mm-hmm. I was I was literally that kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was prickly getting close to me while it's like trying to hug a cactus. Mm-hmm. And he stood up and he proclaimed the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it connected. I got it. Suddenly, all this religious stuff that I've been listening to all my life that I did not understand. I would hear these cliches, Jesus died for you. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're a sinner. Well, what does that mean? We all do things. I, I didn't get it, but he said something. And it was like all of these random details immediately went together. And I just had this moment of clarity where I got it. Wait a minute. I'm a sinner. I'm disconnected from God. That's a problem that I can't fix. Mm-hmm. I'm destined to eternity without God. Mm-hmm. He sends Jesus, which fixes my problem, and I trade my sinful life for his life, and now I'm right with God and I live forever. Who wouldn't want to do that? Mm. And suddenly it all came together. And he gave the call, Mm. and when I stood up, the people that saw me were like, well, he knows church is over and he's leaving, Mm. right? He's going to the car, Mm. he's going to sit there like this and wait for his mom to come out. And I went the wrong way. I didn't go to the lobby. I turned. I went to the front. And literally the whole church is like, what, 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 what's going on? Because that's not right. And he's going to go up there and cut up. And where's his mom? And somebody mm-hmm. ought to, where's the deacon? Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was stop him. It was that. It was yeah. that. And, and I went up and I surrendered my heart. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that, like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't months. It wasn't weeks. It was days. This thing started. Mm. This, this, this outrageous, inexplicable joy. And I was like, wow. And I, and I just wanted to cultivate that and deal with that. Hmm. Now, how do you get from there to being a pastor? Well, uh, <laughs> no joke. There are places where I go when I go, quote, unquote, home to Louisville today. And, of course, home is, was 30 years ago, right? Sure. More than that. There's still people that they're like, when they see me, they're like, a pastor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You mean like in a church? Yep. You mean like with a steeple? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like yes. like a Christian a, church? Yeah. yeah. There's and, a t-shirt for that now. It's like, stop looking at me so much. I am a pastor or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. But, and, and then they say, well, how did that happen? Hmm. And I say, well, we got this new thing out. It's called the gospel. Yeah. 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 And then we talk about it's that. It's good news. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I, I have been, I'm still riding that wave. Hmm. I'm 53 years old now. Hmm. Right. I have been riding that wave for all these years, and, and I'm not at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I, it. It is still wonderful, and it's still just my life passion to, to be a kingdom builder and, and to share that experience and to just revel in that. There's a, a thing that I tell people in my bio when I go somewhere and speak, and they you know, send us your bio. I say he's a lover of his wife, his kids, and God's grace, and his greatest joy is leading others in that same journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, so do you then— uh, out of curiosity, you remember the topic of your first sermon? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> so you're riding that wave, and then you preach what? I really don't remember. Yeah. What I know is I, as I ran away from home, 
mm. not too long after this, I had to get away from home because mm-hmm. I had to have a change of environment. Yeah. Where do you go when you're 17 and you're dirt poor and mm-hmm. redneck and you don't really have that support system? Piggly wiggly. You, you flee to a yeah. place called Academy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it's the weirdest thing. Within, within weeks of being there, people are like, you know, you, you really ought to be a pastor. And I'm like, mm. you really don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. You know what I was up to six months ago. You would not be saying that to me. Exactly. Um, but at some point, there was a little care team, you know, running around to the church on yeah. Sabbath. I, I, I did play guitar. So mm-hmm. I got thrust up from the, the, the song service yeah. guy. Yeah, right? yeah. And um, at some point, they put me up to preach a little sermon. And I, I still have the notes. Mm-hmm. They're really old. They're really yellow. It was a long sermon. I think it was about five and a half minutes. Mm. Yeah. And I have no idea what I said. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's yeah. probably not even really comprehensible as, as, a, as an actual theological idea. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But there was something there and it came from my little heart, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about, what about, um, you know, that, that, uh, you're, you're coming out of the church. This doesn't have to be early on. This could be yeah, any yeah, point, anytime. any point in your ministry. Uh, and, and you've got that one person that, you know, that had that, uh, one of the most interesting or awkward things ever said to you after a sermon. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there was a week where, um, you know, I say, I think I was really busy and I didn't get to do my study time and I didn't really get my text. I know you guys have never done that. Oh, never. No, 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 no. Late no. Friday night, I'm sweating it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You know, Slash and you put, something, morning. You put yeah. something really bland and vanilla in, in, in the bulletin because you don't actually have a sermon title, but yeah. you know, your secretary has been hammering on you for the title. Right. And so you stay up all night and you write something. I got it and preached it. And I'm going to tell you, it was an absolute dog. It was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> My Alex professor would not have been proud. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a sweet, sweet lady in our church that loved me. She loved me. She was so nice. And she was always so affirming and she was so wonderful. And as I'm greeting people, she's the first one out. And I'm just like, it's going to be okay. She's going to love me. It's going to be good. <laughs> oh, that's that's so me, good. You know? Yeah. And she comes out and she shakes my hand and she pulls me in and she looks deep in my eyes and she goes, Pastor, that was a wonderful children's story. <laughs> she walks away. And I have been properly spanked and reprimanded in a yeah. loving way. And I, I received that. Yeah, I received yeah. that. That's good. That's a good way to do it, though. Yeah, I, I, I should you know, probably write that down. That's yeah, a good line. That's not, like, oh, that's not, now, had really... you given the children's story as well? I had. Okay, so and just so like you know, that. I'm not giving one this week. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just not going to set myself up for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's probably that's probably a good idea. So, so tell us a little bit about your family. I have a dear, sweet, wonderful wife, and um, she's extremely beautiful. And when you see her, you'll say, like, how did he get her? Mm, yeah. I'm kind of wondering the same thing. In general, people are like her a lot more than me. Okay. Right. right. Well, it's good to, yeah, it's you're good good to put company. that out there. Yeah. 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 Us too. Wife, three kids, uh, one of which is married and produced our first grandbaby just a little bit over a year ago. Oh, my son is, thank you. My son is in uh, Chattanooga. He works for It Is Written. He's got okay. a wonderful John Bradshaw impression. Oh, good. My daughter yeah. is with her husband is in Aurora, Colorado. Mm. And then my youngest one graduated from Southern a year ago, December, and she has hightailed it out to Loma Linda. She's okay. working in the hospital out there. Cool, cool. Um, there, there was a question in there that um, that I was going to ask, something that you said. Uh, just now? Yeah. Family? Yeah. No, it's gone. I, just I, flew out. I'm looking at you to tell me the answer. <laughs> Sorry. Um, all well, right. Then. Okay. Well, okay. Well, as you think about that, um, yeah, you, go, yeah, you so passionate about preaching Jesus, the gospel. You said you went to an academy. Which, which academy? Highland Academy. Portland, Highland Academy. Okay. okay, good. Just yes. my senior year. Just, just the one year. Just the one okay. year. Yeah, because you'd think Carolina, so I thought maybe Mount Pisgah. Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking. Yeah, but, well, I yeah. got so so I wasn't going home yeah. after Academy, 
and, and you've got to wait a few months to get into college. Yeah, right. So, like, I'm still in my runaway from home phase. Yeah. So I went and worked at uh, summer camp. Oh, yeah. I wound up at Indian Creek Camp there in Kentucky 10 mm-hmm. for a year or two, but then I eventually jumped over to Nisoka Pines Ranch in Carolina. Okay. okay. And cool. so that's how I got to know those folks and eventually started ministry there. Cool. Cool. Right on. So with all of that that's happening, just in your general life, it could be ministry-related or just, you know, personal, uh, what excites you? Like, what what do you really get passionate and excited about? <sighs> There's a word picture that I probably overuse a little bit when it comes to church world. Mm-hmm. And my word picture is that we are not here to comb sheep wool. Mm-hmm. When pastoral ministry is degraded to the point that what we do is we run around, here sheep, be good sheep, behave sheep, mm-hmm. don't fight sheep, mm-hmm. don't, don't get out of the pen sheep, mm-hmm. somebody, somebody fix the fence. That's just not fun. Yeah. That's not fun. I don't, I don't know that I have a 40-year career in me if that's what we do mm-hmm. as pastors. But when you present the gospel in a way that is compelling, and, and, and if you're not presenting it in a way that's compelling, then it's not really the gospel. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you connect with people that don't know Christ and they start to come, that is so wonderfully exhilarating. And you bring one new people person into the room, and everybody gets to retell their story. Yeah, yeah. And then what happens is you see these stodgy old curmudgeon Adventists, and you, you know, <laughs> I, I used to be one, so I can say that, right? Uh-huh. And they're listening to the new person. They're like, what, what are they talking about this? Like, this is great. And as they listen, they're like, wait a minute. That is beautiful. That's beautiful that we believe that and that Mm -hmm. we live that and God's word teaches that. And then it just starts to Mm self-generate. You know, it it gathers momentum and then you have a broader, wider, stronger, higher platform Mm -hmm. with which to share that gospel with other people Mm -hmm. and to lead a church to a place where it gets into that rhythm Mm -hmm. where the baptismal tank is just getting filled on a regular basis and everybody's getting to retell their story and everybody's getting it, getting to love and to reach out and to embrace a new person mm-hmm. and to lead them in that early stages of discipleship. Mm-hmm. That is what is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, agree. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to test you uh, in your first few days here uh, in Ohio and see if, see if you respond in the right way. So I'm going to, I'm going to say <laughs> something to you and if you know what it means to live in this state, you'll know how to respond. So, so are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, I-O. Oh, okay. That's legitimate. I've been here eight days. Oh, and you got yeah. That. I got it. Okay. I'm pretty sure I just learned that like my day, very day first day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. As yeah. long as you're... As like, so, so knowing that, it's good that you know what state you're in. Do you also... Are you a donut guy? Because I also learned this. Ohioans are really into donuts. I don't... Well... I mean, I like donuts, sure. but I don't like donuts the way Ohioans do. Let me tell you a sad story. In the, I live in the state of Maine. Maine is very big. Most people don't know you can put the other five New England states inside of Maine and have room left over. In the entire state of Maine, there's only one Krispy Kreme. Mm. So, quite yeah. frankly, if we're getting around to why Ohio, that's a part of it. I'll just yeah, let yeah, the cat yeah. out of the bag. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that's why, cause, because I would say that most people that move to Ohio, their testimony, when you ask them, is never in my life did I see myself moving to Ohio. That's usually how it yes. starts, right? <laughs> But and I've been guilty of saying that at least a dozen times. Yeah. Um, Now, I I, of course my story is different because I was born across the street. So, so I started my journey here. And but then people are like, "Why'd you come back?" Um, (laughs) But then, then they get here, and and the people, and and they're they're won over quickly, and that. But yeah, as you guys, as you guys were looking into this call to come to the Ohio conference, you know what? There's always something that that the excitement of of spreading the gospel and being, you know, having that compelling, getting people excited, and the baptismal's full, and um, and that. But but what specifically, when you thought about Ohio, got 
you, you know, that, that call rising up in your heart. Yeah. You know, calls in Advent for Adventist clergy, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, earlier in my career, I made a few mistakes when I would start doing the, the cost of living, how many people, what are the sports activities, who do we know, what about the equity in my house? You start all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like we would have this stress and anxiety over trying to read the future. And what I've learned about myself over the years is I'm terrible. I'm a terrible prophet, and I don't know the future. Mm-hmm. But I know a God who does. Mm-hmm. And so I have chosen not to do that. When a, when a potential call comes along, I did something very interesting when we kind of got on this list, and then as we were sort of loosely paying attention to that and tracking it, and our name kept advancing, and at some point we were like, you know, we really got to dig into the prayer closet on this mm-hmm. thing. Um, and what I chose not to do, I chose not to call everybody and their brother that I know and network, and what's going on, and who do you know, and what's happening, and blah, 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 mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just chose not to do that. Mm-hmm. I, fe- I, I feel that if God wants me there, mm-hmm. then we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't want us there, then all the politicking, mm-hmm. networking in the world is, is, is not, is not going to put you there. Right. And right. the truth is, if he doesn't want you there, you don't want to be there. You're not going right. to be fruitful and successful. It's not going to be a good match. So instead, what we did is we dug into our prayer closet, mm-hmm. both my wife and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, like who moves from Maine to Ohio? Mm. Believe me, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I believe yeah. it. Yeah. You'll both, hear it some more. From the Mainers and, from, and even from some Ohioans as well. Yep. And my, my, my answer has been this. Why, why did you take the call to Ohio? And my answer has been, ask God. Yeah. Because for us, the more that we dug into this thing, um, we... We had such a strong sense of a call. Mm. Now, I will tell you that I have said no to far more calls than I've ever accepted. Sure. We went through one period in my career where we only took one call in 19 years. We only did one move. That's unusual, as you mm-hmm. know, yeah. for Adventist pastors. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of, we're kind of really good at saying no to calls, mm. but this call, it, there was such a burden in our hearts that mm. at one point my wife and I looked at each other and said, you know, for us to say no to this is going to be to place us in a place of disobedience, and that's not where we want to be. Mm. We do not want to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, can't, I could not at the time, and I cannot now answer all the questions of why. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. Yeah. What I know is I know that God is good. I know His character is good. Mm-hmm. I know that He wants the best for me and my family. I know He wants the best for His church. Mm-hmm. And we have had some experiences in ministry where once or twice there was a a bit of an awkward move. We're like, really? God's mm. calling us to do that? Mm. And it was the most amazing, wonderful, incredible journey. Yeah. I, I could talk about, you know, some church experiences I've had in the pulpit, and um, I wouldn't trade it for mm. the world. Mm. I, I had one experience where there was an awkward call that, you, if you do this as a career, at some point you're going to have an awkward one that's mm. not going to feel right. right. And it was awkward. Yeah. I kind of pushed out, the administration, and, and there was there was stuff going on. There were people that weren't honest with me, and it didn't feel very good. Yeah. But I went, and I went reluctantly because I was I was kind of pushed in that mm-hmm. in that direction, yeah. and I, and I was reluctant, and I was angry, and I was disappointed, and I was frustrated with God as well. Mm. And I will tell you, a year later, I repented in sackcloth and ashes mm. because that call and the marriage between me and that church and what they needed and whatever God has gifted me with was just so seamlessly beautiful. Mm -hmm. And there was wonderful, wonderful things that took place in our lives. 
things that you, you could not organize your life and plan your life that way was the type of experience and fruitfulness we were experiencing. And, and it was so instructive to me. And I remember thinking, Bob, remember, 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 remember. Mm-hmm. You know, I have spiritual ADD. I forget mm-hmm. some of the things I knew. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. Remember that forever. Trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when he calls, go. Mm-hmm. Go. There's wonderful, wonderful things that await you there. Mm-hmm. Wonderful fruitfulness and fulfillment and growth and a wonderful marriage with the new ministry setting. That's what I anticipate here. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to it all yet. Sure. Like I said, of course I've, not. None I've, been, of us I've do. been in town for eight days, yeah. but I'm kind of excited to see what God's going to do. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Well, no, he always, good. He's always got, uh, he's always bigger than whatever it is that right. we're going through. So he, he knows, he knows better. So, so we're pumped you're here and you're yeah. preaching this week. Yeah. Um, thank you for preaching. So thank That's you awesome. so much. Right. I know we're super excited. We have a ton going on in our world right now, a lot of pain and hurt, and we could go on and on and on. Um, so what is the message, right? That God has put on your heart for this community, for this conference, for really, you know, with the internet, the world yeah. as we're going through this, this season. You know what I want to speak about this Sabbath? I want to speak about fear. I want to speak about anxiety. Mm. And, and the Lord placed that on my heart. You know, Paul, your interim senior pastor, he asked me a couple of weeks ago to preach. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about it in the context of COVID. Mm-hmm. But how much more relevant this week? Sure. sure. This week, it's not just COVID. It's racism. It's hatred. It's hurt. It's heartache. Mm-hmm. It's protest. It's violence. Right, this this scourge of racism that in our country continues to rear its ugly head. Mm. Every few years, that that fire is rekindled, and and we move into dialogues that are not always helpful, and that are not always productive, and and so that that's that's one t- that's that's an issue. But but what I'm thinking about is this: I'm thinking about the fact that naturally, when I look at those things, I'm going to feel feel some fear and anxiety. If I don't. I would argue that either I'm oblivious or I'm not, or I'm in denial or I'm not properly engaged. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just part of the natural part of the human experience. That stuff's scary. Mm-hmm. That's scary what's going on out there. Yeah. I'm not going to say that's not scary. That's scary. Mm-hmm. You know? Is, is there an example in the life of Christ where he mentors me and he teaches me of how to respond when I am in a situation that's legitimately scary and fear producing? Mm. Is there a way that he teaches me how to respond? Mm. And so I did a little study where I just sat down in the life of Christ and said, well, where did Jesus experience that? Now, we could find multiple places, mm. but come on. It's John chapter 13 and 14. Mm. It's Jesus concluding his public ministry and then, and then preparing for the cross. For the cross yeah. But there's this amazing three-chapter segment in the book of John where he's preparing his disciples for what's going to come. Mm. And they don't know what's coming yet. But he's been hinting, oh, there's this thing that's coming, it's going to be really bad. And they're like, Lord, what are you talking about? You know, we're going to go take the kingdom, it's going to be a blast. And he's like, yeah, not really. Mm-hmm. And he prepares them. And in the midst of that, he makes these, these wonderful statements about peace and about his peace and about imparting his peace into their hearts. And here's the part that just makes my brain smoke. Jesus is getting ready to experience the most unpeaceful night of his life. In the next hours, when you think about what's coming, mm-hmm. and Jesus is talking about peace, which teaches me that spiritual peace, mm. when, when it's real, it's genuine, when it's the right stuff, it must have the ability to transcend my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, guys, give me a pulpit. I want to preach. Yeah, yeah. I've got this thing in my heart that's just yeah. wanting to come out. So that's where we're going. Right. It's not dependent on the circumstances. No, that's good. That's yeah. good. Very relevant, applicable. So thank you very much. Uh, glad you're here. We're excited for this weekend. So, yeah. um, 
We're going to have a good time. We're going to listen to Elder Bob kind of speak and enjoy his leadership here in the Ohio Conference. So thanks yeah. for thanks, thanks for answering for that call coming. We look forward to seeing what God's going to do next. You betcha. Patty, will you pray for us real quick? I will. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you so much uh, that you are with us uh, every step of the way. You're with us in COVID. You're with us um, in, in God, the, what, what seems like a world that's unraveling um, and in a world that's unraveling and there's hatred and violence, um, you know, and, and racism and bigotry and all these, all these things, God, that are evils. You ask us to step into those places and to be, um, to be your heart to be your hands and your feet um, and your voice. And, and throughout the gospels, you always elevated the conversation and you ask us to elevate our conversation, our situation too, to love those um, who hate us or who persecute us, uh, to pray for all. Um, and you expanded the table to invite everyone to come uh, and have a seat. And so may we live our lives in the same way. Um, may we help uh, diffuse hatred and violence with love and peace, patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. Um, we thank you for Bob and his family for bringing them here to Ohio. Um, may you continue to be with them as they transition, uh, keep things, uh, keep them safe and help everything to go well, take care of his children and his grandchildren, child, um, Lord. And uh, as they go through this transition in life, may you continue to just unfold your plans for them, even uh, strengthening them, even when that plan, uh, they just know where to put their foot next. And that's all the information they have. So thank you for letting them be faithful, give them wisdom, guidance, discernment, uh, to know where to lead us next, uh, Father, which is really in your footsteps. So thank you for all you do for us. Give us courage uh, and boldness for you, your kingdom, and your gospel. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening again. And thank you, Bob, for being our guest. This has been another episode of Kettering Connect. We'll see you next week. Quiet. Good luck. Audio's rolling. <laughs> That's always Ellen, the worst part. Ellen always scares me. Well, because he never yeah, gets soldier. so stern and so like quiet. I know. Ellen is always so nice and calm, cool, collected, and then <laughs> quiet on the <laughs> like, set. Like, yes, oh, yes, sir. I'm sorry. Sir, yes, sir. Please just I'm so don't sorry. Hurt me. I'm just kidding. Ellen right. is amazing and he would never hurt anyone. Not a fly. Is, anyway. Are we going now?